this is the Father Matters Show with your host, Vance Sims. Father Matters is committed to building stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And now, your host, Vance Sims. Welcome to the Father Matters Show. I'm your host, Vance Sims. Thank you for joining us on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. If you heard our show that we ran last month, it was titled Broken Girl, Broken Woman. It was a live recording. We were able to bring a one microphone into a mother-to-mother workshop, and the women really unzipped their hearts, got real, got raw, and allowed you to hear the heart of Women that have were once broken little girls became broken women. Very, very powerful. Log on to blogtalkradio.com or soundcloud.com or fathermatters.org to catch that archive show in February. Because over the last couple of weeks since we ran that show, we got emails from all over the country. People saying, hey, do you got something like are the men sharing? I mean, you put the women on blast. Did you put the men on blast? Well, guess what? We did a workshop with the men. Uh, just last week, and they allowed us. I shared what we did with the with the with the women, with the moms at the mother to mother workshop at last week's fathers mentoring fathers workshop. We did a private little group with men, and yes, they let us bring the microphones in. So what we're going to do is run an uncut clip straight through of I'm gonna call this one. We call this one broken boys, broken men. Jeremy, let's run it. What we got to realize, what we said earlier today, guys, when, when we're watching that stuff on the screen, when we're watching pornography in the magazines, your wife, your spouse, your, whatever your situation is, she's saying he's maybe making love to my body, but he's having sex with that woman on that screen. She wants to know who are you really thinking about and why? And then when you share before we even start recording about the molestation and then the addiction to it. How do you feel that it's affecting your relationships or have affected your relationships? Pornography. Um, well, it's, it's affected my, know my previous relationship for, for sure. I was with her for 10 years. Um, first we were watching it together. Then she would watch on her own. Then I would watch it or then it just became like a TV, you know, just a regular thing. Um, now that you know I'm wanting to get my kids back and everything, that's a struggle with inside me because I definitely, as I've said already, definitely don't want my kids going down that route and, or even dealing with you know those type of thoughts whatsoever. It wasn't easy for me at all dealing with these things. You know, now that I'm older, 29, I can see that you know those things aren't. Pornography is definitely not what I want my kids to be coming in touch with. Most definitely not because it changes your mind. It changes what you know that's natural in your mind. And it brings something a whole different to your whole body, your mind, your soul. It's It, it takes away what you know that's right. So right now in my life, at this point in time, I'm fighting to to bring my old self back, who I was born to be. That's who I'm fighting to 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 come back. And, you know, pornography is a chain that I will break that, you know, and again, as I did say in group already, I do believe in God. And I know that 
my own self is not going to be able to do it. And the only help that I can get is by God and by his strength. He can let those things go. Pornography, drugs, alcohol, addictions. I know he can help me with those things because in my own flesh, I can't do it. Anybody else want to touch on pornography? Has it affected relationships? Let me move on to alcoholism. 14 million people in the United States are alcoholics or abuse alcohol. They tell themselves they are not alcoholics because they never drink before 5 p.m. or because they make it to work every day or dinner is always on the table on time. They know that excessive drinking can ruin lives through portrayal, broken promises, job loss, car accidents, and a host of other personal tragedies. The first time I got drunk, I was 11 years old, says Clark of Falls Church, Virginia. I was babysitting with a girlfriend. We broke into her father's liquor cabinet, and then we had a food fight. I never had so much fun in my life. Another guy says, his name is Mark. He says, my father was an alcoholic. And Mark is age 50 in an alcoholic treatment center in Florida. He says, my dad worked hard and he drank hard. But environment plays a significant role, too. When I was a kid, I used to get my dad's beers, recalls Mark. I'd get the first couple of sips on the way back from the refrigerator. So when his dad would say, hey, Mark, go get dad a beer. He opened it up. Crack the can, sip, 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 sip. Here you go, Dad. And now, at age 50, he's in an alcoholic treatment center. What if his dad back in the day would say, hey, Mark, go get Dad a Gatorade. Sip, 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 sip. See, remember what I was saying earlier? Our kids don't do what we say. They do what we do. And that's because alcohol heads to the mind seat of emotion and pleasure called the nucleus acubines, which also houses gratification of hunger, thirst and sex. The National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism calls alcohol the most widespread and damaging substance we have in society. People often start down the road to alcoholism in their teens or 20s, but stress later in life, a divorce in their 30s, a job loss in their 40s, the death of a loved one anytime can also push a life off course. Anyone want to touch on alcoholism and how alcoholism affected your family? Um, I stated earlier, like my with my dad, uh, I never really, I didn't have an opportunity to meet my grandfather, which was his dad, because he died uh, when he was 17. So, and that was due to him, you know, alcoholism. You know, he died in a car accident. And so when I see my dad now, you know, I think a lot of the times, you know, that's that's his escape, you know. Uh, when he's anxious about something, when he, you know, just wants to be numb about something, I notice that, that that's something that he goes to. And I think that, uh, just being in a position where, you know, he might even ask my son to go grab a beer, you know, and it's now it's the thing where it's like, you know, I'm hearing that, hearing about uh, that article kind of makes me want to kind of be like, you know, now I know that I don't want to continue that tradition or that 
that way of thinking because what it could lead to. Um, me personally, um, I don't think I don't, I don't. I'm one of those people. I don't think I necessarily have a drinking problem, um, but I have noticed that it's something that I use to relate or to just have quality time, bonding time with my dad. And a lot of the things, it's almost been like a truth serum in a sense, you know, with my dad. Um, just even recently, him sharing a lot of stuff about the past, you know, and a lot of things that, like, the man that I thought my dad was and, like, realizing uh, the truth, you know, about what what he's really saying almost kind of, in some cases, when I start thinking about relationships, it almost seems impossible because I almost feel like, man, if my dad who I thought was this person all these years can tell me he's not or he couldn't and that he used alcohol as a way of coping or dealing with it, then, you know, what's my chances of being successful or being able to, you know, overcome a lot of these obstacles or be successful in relationships, you know. That's real. So. Anybody else? Um, I, I don't, well, just like, you know, he was saying, uh, I don't think I have a bad habit. I mean, I do make some bad decisions at times to get behind the wheel, you know, after um, after a few drinks. Um, there was one incident one time where, you know, thankfully nothing happened. Um, it was uh, me and, and my kid's mom had uh, left each other for the second time. And, you know, I went out after work, got drunk, and... Uh, you know, she she lived out in Buckeye. On my way home, I'm falling asleep on the highway, and it's like they say, you know, accidents usually happen. You know, a few few miles away from the house. Uh, I fell asleep. You know, I went off the street, and thankfully I woke up. You know, because my truck was shaking. I was hitting these big ass boulders. Um, I opened my eyes, got back in the road, made it home, and I started crying. You know, and she came out, but. Uh, you know, that was the only incident I did have, you know, involving uh, alcohol. Growing up, my dad was always, you know, to this day he drinks um, pretty much. He told me stories about him back in the days. But, you know, back in the days, he's like, the cops will pull you over. You can call a ride. They'll take your vehicle. He's like, but nowadays you're probably going to pay no less than $10,000 for, you know, your whole court and, you know, your whole um, uh, system that you have to put in the car, your breathalyzer and all that. So, but... um I believe I can I can be a better you know better a better father at times you know drinking around my kids, but I mean like I said I don't think I abuse it, but I do see I mean kids are seeing what I do you know what I mean the, the good thing is that when they are around me there's really never any beer or any kind of alcohol in the fridge or for them or in their you know accessible for them so, um, but that's all that's all I have for that. Um, <clears throat> well my grandma she was in old school. You know, drinker, drink through the straw, Coronas, 32s, 40s. Now they're 32s, but then they're 40s. Um, kids don't listen. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, so she would drink through the straw. Eventually, as I got older, I started drinking myself with me being so angry that I was because I was a very, very angry individual. Take it what happened in my past due to my older brother towards me. Um, very angry, never knew where I was from, but I was also drinking. Drinking made me almost on an everyday basis. I'll just give you this example. The woman I was with would call me the devil. 
because she was afraid of me. I mean, when I would drink, I would get just heavily upset. It could take the simplest things, and I would punch holes. I would, because I never wanted to hurt her, but I always wanted to hurt something when I drank. But to this day, I don't drink anymore. I started drink, stopped drinking in actually 2004 because I started to see, like, how it really affected me and what I was really doing. Like, literally, I lost my family. I lost her, you know, because of those actions and, you know, other actions also. But alcohol, I know, is not for me whatsoever. Anybody else? Yeah. For me, um, I grew up, uh, my family was... Uh, they, they took care of us real good. And then all these years, I realized when I was growing older, I was so curious in life. So I went and, and I went and just hung out with, with the, with the other, other, uh, other groups of kids and experimented all the drinking and the alcohol and stuff and the drugs. And then uh, I put it away for a while. And then when I was graduating in my high school year, we, uh, we had our own place and everything. And, man, we were finishing like 30... The 40s of uh, cases like nothing, like probably like four, four, four of my friends and my brothers, and then uh, I heavily started drinking before I even turned 21. I, I realized I had a problem. I was passing out. I was blacking out every minute, just taking a sip, and I was wasn't going to work for any reason. And then all these years, I realized I kept trying to think, why, why am I like that? If I was I was brought up in a good family. My mom and dad don't drink or nothing like that. Then I realized my my mother's uh, father was a drinker, and it took him a while to get get away from that. And so he's a recovering alcoholic. And then on my dad's side of family, all his siblings and everyone on that side, they're all alcoholics. But both of them came together, and they 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 don't drink to this day or when they were when we were being raised by them. So I guess it still goes through the genes no matter what. And to this day, I'm probably the only one in my family that, that went, 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 went for that life. And it was really hard to realize that. And I guess it still goes through the genes no matter what. And even though the, the two parents don't do it, it's still, there's like, like you were saying that one time, that... You were brought up in a good family, but for some reason you you you, you want to have freedom. So now I realize that. So thank you. Has alcohol affected anyone else in their family or relationships? Like just like from whatever everybody else was saying, like it became like like the only reason why I got into it is because uh, like my dad's a drummer. He worked at a, a fencing factory throughout the day. There's one of those examples where he's, you know, putting, like I said, a, a check on the table, but nobody's home. But, you know, he drank because he's been drumming since he was like 15 years old. And in some of these clubs down here, um, his band members would have to make him drink because otherwise the whoever's owning the bar wouldn't, you know, so that way they wouldn't question him. So he was, you know, constantly drinking. It was just something like out of habit. And then. You know, as you grow up and you hear him joke around about all these stories and, you know, you hear mom talk about how, you know, uh, you know, him uh, stumbling home and things like that. You know, I played basketball and sports and all throughout like junior high and high school and he did music. We were very had nothing really in common. 
until I became like, of course, of age to drink and then, you know, share those stories. But it was never really discouraged until, you know, I became a father. He's a grandfather now. So now he's starting to slow down. And now I've noticed, you know, I've noticed that too. These family functions, I'm just like, I come over with a six pack of beer thinking like, you're going to help me with this. And it's not the case anymore. But unfortunately, you know, I've developed a habit now that it's hard to, I mean, it's really hard to shake. Like I'm a, I'm a drink a day, a drink or two a day person, seven days a week. And it's hard. Like you said, like, you know, when, when you don't get in trouble and I don't have any DUIs and I've never been fired and I go to work every day and everything's good, it's hard to shake that. But, um, you know, now when you become a father and, you know, it's just out and people are starting to look and your kids are starting to look and see that. And I'm thinking like, oh, I'm just recreating uh, my I'm just recreating the same situation my dad did. And, you know, the scary thing is that my firstborn is is a little girl and and, you know, she's incredible. And I'm finding out she's incredibly bright. And it's like, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, support to kick this habit. Um, I don't have a reason to. Like I said, I haven't been in trouble yet. So it's it's extremely, extremely, you know, difficult to figure out all this stuff out and then they have a name for that they call it a functional alcoholic you know let me go to abuse physical mental and verbal listen to this fellas domestic violence can range from a look to a gunshot so no not like back in the 70s it wasn't domestic violence until someone had a black eye. Domestic violence today can range from a look to a gunshot. And here are some under physical abuse. Beating, biting, choking, grabbing, hitting, kicking, pinching, pulling hair, punching, pushing, restraining, scratching, shaking, shoving, slapping, Excessive tickling, twisting arms, using weapons, spanking, smothering, and tripping. Here are forms of abuse under mental abuse. Put-downs, name-calling, mind games, extreme controlling behaviors, conditional affection, loss of identity. And here are, are forms of abuse under verbal abuse. Threats to end relationships, threats to do harm emotionally or physically, threats to life, to take the children, to commit suicide, to report to the authorities, forcing the abused to break the law. And here are more forms of abuse, economic abuse, property violence, silence and isolation, spiritual abuse, stalking, power and humiliation. Has domestic violence affected anybody in this room? Um, growing up, uh, you know, just going back to the whole uh, alcoholism, um, seeing, you know, my father, the abuse my father was doing to my mother, um, you know, only made me realize, you know, uh, seeing that affected me, uh, getting, getting them off my mother. I've always told myself I would never put my hands in a woman. Thank God to this day I haven't. I don't ever think I would. Um, as as you mentioned, you know, back in the 70s, you know, abuse, physical abuse was somebody having a black eye. 
Um, in my past relationship with my kids' mom, there was a lot of abuse, you know, on both sides. Um, on my end, um, I guess from being, uh, you know, depressed, sad, um, from her walking out the house with the kids, basically to me, I seen it like uh, her taking the kids away from me just because we we're arguing. You know, I felt like she had no right. Um, it all it all came down to to all that. You know, I explained earlier that it, um, the whole uh, suicidal uh, situation. Um, it all occurred for the same reason. You know, I was depressed. I was sad. Uh, I felt like everything was ending. So. Um, so I, I so like I can I can physically and you know say that um, I I had a lot to do with it you know abuse wise because I mean at that time I didn't know what was considered you know abuse mentally verbally um, so uh, with that being said um, I learned from that from that situation I learned a lot uh, it opened my eyes uh, and uh, you know just just going back to it. You know, it, it don't, it don't, it don't hurt. You know, it don't hurt to talk about it. I was scared to tell anybody. I mean, there's only like two people that knew about my whole situation. I can uh, honestly open up, you know, and talk about it and tell everybody what happened. Only because I'm that much of a better, of a better man, you could put it. Um, so, but I know now it's affected me, you know, with my whole court situation. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, going through. I mean, I'm not the only one that's been through it. Going through it verbally, physically. You know, it, it was a big impact. It was something I held in my heart for a long time, close. You know, I never let it out. It was something that was killing me. Um, it was why, you know, I, I drank. It was why I, I was always angry, you know, and I will get so frustrated. So um, so I can say, you know, from, from that, you know, my learning experience and me being a better man has been a, a great thing. Um, <clears throat> well, again, uh, I've definitely had some abuse uh, it started when I was younger. My brother and um, his dad, because I don't know my real dad, uh, what I used to call is t- uh, touch walls. Every wall in the house touched because of them physically fighting. And I would be in my mom's room or my parents' room comforting my mom, you know, telling her that I'll never be like my brother, this, that, and the other. But as I got older and then the drinking, I started drinking, that just, it, it really made me upset. I had a lot of anger built up inside of me that I did not know about. So much anger where I wasn't afraid to take somebody's life. So much anger that, let's just say, every day it's like you have a black cloud over your head. Thunder's hitting you. You're rained on. That's just an example of how much stress, depression, anger I've had in my life at that time. Um so, yeah, abuse most definitely did physical, mental, verbal, all the above did affect me in my life then, um, you know. But, again, I, I have to throw God in it because if it wasn't for him and allow, he knew that my eyes would be open to the things that I went through in my life because if I was ignorant to the things that I've seen, I would be dead today or in jail most definitely or somebody else would be dead. And I think my father that... He just knew that my heart was soft enough and my eyes were going to be open to see the things that I was doing and the route that I was going. So today, where I'm at today, is a lot better place than I was two, four years ago, and that's most definitely guaranteed. Broken men, broken boys, broken men. I wanted to share that with you. 
if we had more to talk about, more to share. But men, listen, I want you to join us April 13th for our next Fathers Mentoring Fathers Workshop. Ladies, if you was listening to this show, uh, register your husband, register your boyfriend, uh, log on to fathermatters.org and click on our April 13th Fathers Mentoring Fathers Workshop. Men, we've got to come together and do this together. I want to thank you for tuning into the Father Matters Show. Send us your questions or comments to info at fathermatters.org. Thank you to my engineer, Jeremy Siegel. See you next week at the same time, same place. Have a safe week. Thank you and God bless.